0: You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 12, Lux ATL. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have everyone's favorite pole and stripper with a PhD, Lux ATL. We discuss breaking constrictive social stereotypes and how feminism and pole dance go hand in hand, Lux's love of storytelling and performance art as means to engage audiences in meaningful discourse, and what inspired her to create her signature courses, Stripcraft and the new Stripcraft Spellbook. Get ready for Lux to dish out some passionate, southern-style pole dance philosophy. But before we jump in, I want to invite everyone to Parlor Play. Parlor Play is a non-pole event for pole dancers happening in Hollywood, California on Friday, May 27, 2016. At this event, we'll be doing mini-workshops, dance-offs, a costume contest, and free play. All with some pumping music, an open bar, sinful desserts, a photo booth, and more. So head over to the website at poleparlor.com to learn more and get your tickets. And while you're there, check out Lux's post-podcast interview on the blog, where she shares some of her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And now, let's bring on Lux.
1: Lift I young bad girls, do it well.
0: Lift faster. Welcome, Lux ATL, to Pole Parlour Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Yeah, girl, thanks for having me. I'm happy
0: to be here. Oh, of course. Let's jump on in. So how long have you been polling, and how did you first discover pole dance?
1: Oh, well, you know what? It kind of depends on what you define as polling. Um, I've been pole dancing since 1999, um, so fuck. Is that 17 years? Long time, yes. That's insane,
0: isn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah, like, okay. Good um, insane. <laughs> that's insane. I'm 34 now, so since I was 18, I've been a stripper on and off, uh, more on than off. Uh, during that time, I was absolutely dancing, um, and most of the stuff that people like um, seem to love about my movement is are, are those things that I've been doing my whole life before there was ever a pole studio in the world. Now, doing tricks, I, didn't, I, I never really did pole tricks in my early years. Um, <clears throat> I remember there was a girl at the first club I, that I ever worked at who did do tricks and, um, you know, leg hangs, right? Mm-hmm. And she fell from the top of the all the way to the fucking ground and the paramedics had to come and it was this huge deal and i was like damn that bitch is brave as fuck (laughs) not going there so anywho fast forward many years um i was almost done with my phd i had a baby i had a one-year-old and i just turned 30 and i've been sitting on my ass breastfeeding for like 14 months, and um, so my friend had this group on to a pole a studio, and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to try it out. And, of course, I shredded it immediately, right? <laughs> because I've been doing this my whole life, and I was like, oh, yeah, this shit's fun. I got addicted really quick, and so that's when I really started going hard on tricks. All that being said, um, I was trying some tricks as a stripper in my 20s, Unsuccessfully for the most part. I did do that group on at the pole studio, but after that, I bought a pole, a big, fat, coated lil' minx. Remember those? Nope. That's some old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little minx. If you know what a little minx is, holler if you hear me, okay? <laughs> I bought an old school little minx and uh, turned on YouTube and was in my den. Just trying my damnedest to learn pole tricks, and I've been at that for about four years.
0: Okay, so that's what we see when we follow you on social media. Like, I feel like I intimately know that room, so I know what you're talking about. Yes. Ah, oh, yes. you don't train at a studio. You're more of a whole. oh no.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, no, no. I'm I am a, a free agent. I am alone <laughs> when right. it comes to pole. I do like to take classes. I, I I'd like to take more, but. Uh, My poll time for me is um, sort of like a sacred alone time where I am making my art by myself. And I've always wanted to make my art by myself. Like, I need to be alone to write, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I want to put that shit on a
0: stage. But, like, (laughs) I make that alone. The creation process, you prefer to be solitude. Absolutely, I can understand that. Yeah, and so you started. Um, for those I know, you've you've spoke about it um, many times. So just briefly, briefly for anyone who doesn't know, can you give us a brief overview of your background? Because you said you started stripping. Um, when you were 18, was this in order to pay your way through college or you were just interested in it? Or
1: Girl, no. Both or?
0: Look, everybody
1: thinks strippers pay through college. You know what I did with my stripper money? I traveled the world and I invested in myself in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always wanted to be a stripper. I mean, I was intrigued by it. So it wasn't like I was desperate for money. Like, no, I wanted to do this shit. That, it, it seemed like, hmm, this could be fun. And I felt that I would be good at it. So my very first foray into stripping was winning an amateur contest on my 18th birthday. Um, for, the price was $300. Ooh. Right. And I was like, I'm rich. <laughs> for real. I mean, you know, they gave me, gave me the money in 20, so it felt like a bunch of money. And I was a kid, and it was really exhilarating. So a few months later, I um, started working uh, at a place called the Paper Moon in Richmond, Virginia, and um, continued to dance on and off uh, at various clubs across the South um, ever since. And uh, that, that is what my podcast really is all about, Stripcast um, stripcast is just sort of the journey through all of these 17 years uh, in and out of strip clubs all over the South.
0: Yeah, plus okay. getting a
1: bunch of degrees in the meantime. So no, I was not stripping to pay my way through college. Look, girl, Sally May is, is still calling my fucking phone. Mm-hmm. Swipe left.
0: <laughs> Swipe left. Oh, so yeah. you, so you, eighteen. That's that's awesome. Started making money, traveled. That's I, I kind of wish that I had done something similar. I'm sure a lot of people do. You can, you have time because clearly. You got a PhD, so you found time for education. Yeah. Th- mm-hmm. You know, afterwards. So, and what do you have a PhD in? Uh,
1: American culture and history. So, my main area of scholarly expertise um, on two levels on a literary level is 1850 to 1950 American lit, and on a cultural level is um,
0: women's studies and critical race theory. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, your intellectual curiosity definitely comes out, and um, and somehow you mix that with poll because you have commentary and like thoughts that are really, uh, I don't want to be cheesy and say deep, but are but are really interesting, and I, really, I think a lot of people really appreciate hearing your kind of deeper commentary on all things poll and and other things, and you obviously are a feminist and so how do you connect feminism and pole dance
1: oh that's a great question girl um you know you mentioned that i have a lot of commentary uh on things in the pole world and and, and that's because the pole world makes it that easy to do the pole community is very richly complex and there's a lot of shit going on there um that speaks volumes about larger issues in our culture. So how do I connect pole dancing with feminism? Um, okay. For me, let me just give you a, a uh, my personal case study, okay? I spent a million years dancing sexy for the gaze of men, Who were often quite bored um, and giving me uh, embarrassingly modest sums of money. Okay, it wasn't always fucking thousands of dollars. Let me just let people know that reality.
0: Mm
1: I spent a lot of my time dancing that way for men, and and that's how I learned it, you know, in clubs. But I took that money and I invested that money into this lux ATL that you see here, and now my friend it's amazing to me that I'm using so many of the very same skills, the very same skills that I used in the trap house and not just the dancing but like the relating with people mm-hmm. you know the, the the making people feel comfortable with me I'm using these very same skills, but I have like a cultural Robin Hood taking the money from the bad the bad side, the dark side, the patriarchy. And I'm now turning that exact same knowledge with their money into this space for women, by women, where we can celebrate and experiment joyfully with nothing but fun, nothing but love. The parts of of us that we have been told are disgusting and are dirty and you should be fucking ashamed of. And I want to give women the space and the permission to do that. And for me it just so happens that not only am I a feminist but I'm also a, I love pole dancing. And so for me I just thought, well, people know me in the pole world And I thought, you know, let me use this sort of notoriety I have in this pole community to spread a greater message of uh, feminist empowerment. So the pole dancing is a great passion of mine, but it it is a vehicle for something bigger. Which, I mean, you took my workshop.
0: I did, yes. So Lux has a workshop called Strip Craft. And so was that... um, and I recommend it for anyone who has the opportunity to take it, but can you kind of uh, expand on what the inspiration was for that and what people learn when they come and take it?
1: Sure thing. Um, Funny thing about strip craft is is, is the inspiration was one thing, but it it developed organically into something totally different, man. (laughs) So – yeah and I love where it's at and And you know, to be clear, stripcraft is thus far uh, the most fulfilling, most beautiful work of my life. Um, and I'm so thankful to everyone, including you, who showed up for that shit. Um, the impetus for stripcraft was I, I, you know, I see the pole world. I follow all the fucking Instagrams and everything. Like, I know what people are teaching in their classes. And I see a lot of, I saw a lot of really stylized, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, cleaned up, stylized. Stripper style. Like sterile stripper? Sterilized. That's the word I'm looking for okay. right there. <laughs> That's the word. So stylized, sterilized, sexy, you know, stripper style dancing, which nothing but love for those women who are not strippers who want to move that way. I love you. I want you. I'm here for you. But there was a part of me that felt kind of like this part of my culture had been pilfered And was being um, totally dominated by women who um, were kind of playing dress up. And so I wanted to say, I want to be like, let me give you the real deal fucking thing, though. Like, let me give you a real deal stripper workshop. Let me show you how I make money. Mm -hmm. Let me show you how I actually give a dance. And the dance is not going to involve tricks, It's not going to involve me removing gloves. This is not burlesque. Stripping and burlesque are not the same thing. Stripping and pole dancing, stripping and chair dancing are not the same thing. They're all great, Mm -hmm. but they're not the same thing. And so I wanted to give people this insight, this opportunity to like, I want to show you what a real stripper does. My real deal. I'm going to show you my stage show, I'm going to show you how I give a dance. I'm going to put it down. I put it down on people. Like I, I do a stage show for them. I get in their face. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely. <laughs> and and I wanted people to give each other dances too. So that was the impetus, right? So then I was, as I was planning for this very first, the inaugural workshop, which was in December 2014, Um, you know, I started thinking, well, I better kind of jot down some thoughts and shit that I have to say about things so I can be a little organized. And I ended up giving like this speech that, I don't know, went on for 20 minutes and I was like, oh, fuck, I felt kind of bad about it. But we had the workshop and we did the dance and it was great and it was fun. But no strippers showed up. Okay. There was no actual strippers. Um, and... There, there are a few here and there, but that's not really my demographic, it turns out. And I did that first workshop, and as I reflected on that, and as I continued to do a, a few more, I started to understand that while the movement that I was teaching was definitely fun and important and, and liberating, okay, okay, because I'm all about, we got to connect the mind and the body in this mission. I began to understand, my friend, that the real value of what I was doing was in the message that I was preaching. Yo, mm-hmm. like I, as you probably know, am not religious. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I am not. By the upside down crosses hanging oh, from your you see earrings right <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> I love these.
0: Yes. Um...
1: <laughs> um, I was on tour, a little, a, little tra- a little digression. I was on tour, and I was having to take some sleeping pills to sleep at night. And I kept night after night taking sleeping pills and buying satanic shit online. <laughs> <laughs> I up the next morning, I'm like, oh, fuck, I bought some more satanic shit. Well, whatever. Those, those sleeping pills. Um, anyways. With time, over, over the course of doing a few more workshops, I began to understand that, that, that what I really had going that was powerful was my message, and that's the three core principles of strip craft. And, um, what those principles are about are, are really about um, things that go beyond just pole and beyond dance, although I am using the sensual movement as a vehicle because what strip craft is really about is about breaking past, the cultural narratives of who you're supposed to be as a woman and having the courage, having the bravery to um, say fuck that, understanding that that means that in many people's eyes that you will be wrong, but yet so having the bravery to write your own narrative of who you are, what you're about, and therefore, I like to use sensual dance as a tool to really get that shit going, because that is a major part of femininity. That is our sexuality, our sexiness, that is said to be, no, 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 don't do this shit, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you know, the Kim, Kim Kardashian posts a sexy pic of herself naked with a bar over her boobs, right? You know, LOL, nothing to wear. And I think it was Piers Morgan, some dumbass old white dude tweeted in response to this picture of Kim Kardashian, you know, feeling herself. He tweeted, feminism is dead fuck you old white man <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about so i wanted to combine you know this this sexiness that is so unallowed that is so looked down upon that is so judged with this message of saying fuck you to the status quo and looking within and being who you really are um with no shame no fear no apologies just love
0: yeah, yeah. That's what I remember from when I took the workshop, that's how you started off and kind of set the tone of there will be no shame in here, you know, there will only be empowerment through here, and yeah. it kind of, you know, it, it brought the group together and it made, I know, me personally feel like a lot less inhibited when with my movement, so um, it was it's effective. And those are the three pillars that you just mentioned? <laughs> well, those th- that's one of the one. three pillars. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: the three pillars of strip craft. Yes. Um, uh, number one, principle number one is only you possess what only you possess. Principle number two is be vulnerable, be willing to act weird in public. And principle number three is no shame, no fear, no apologies, just love. And as you can imagine, um, I go, in, you know, I can go into great detail about each of these, and I do in my upcoming um, work that I'm putting out, the, the Stripcraft book, which is like the holy book of all things, everything Stripcraft in one place.
0: Yeah, we will definitely delve into that later. Um, in Stripcraft, like I feel like your intent, it's more of almost like a spiritual experience than like a fitness workshop where you're going to learn um, some type of. Uh, physical, um, chor- choreography or something like that. It is, uh, more of kind of, uh, a spiritual experience for lack of a better word right now. Um, so, do, but do you think that is the element of pole dance that really relates to the feminism?
1: I do. I think it is one element of pole dance that really relates to the feminism. And I would also like to say that your assessment of strip craft is absolutely correct, um i do give people movement i do give them choreography and it's great and groovy if they memorize it master it i'm so happy for you but that isn't what it's really about um i think that yes well what i think it you know pole dancing like anything else can be feminist and it can be unfeminist you can certainly do it in a way that is unfeminist Mm -hmm. trust me okay but you can also do it in a way that that is feminist. And for me, um, what I love about pole dancing is because it is subversive. Once again, it is sort of a fuck you to the status quo. let me tell you what I love about where I'm at in my life. Okay, so recently I got my um, gig where I'm going to be speaking in uh, a keynote speaker at an academic conference. Good
0: for you. Good for yeah, you.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's great. Wonderful. If, if you would have told me five years ago that I would get to be like a keynote speaker at an academic conference, that would have been some golden chalice for me. But, but five years ago when I was an academic, I was just another brick in the wall. I was just a needle in a haystack. I was brilliant, right? But nobody really seemed to want me because... Um, I was brilliant, but so were the rest of these motherfuckers um, because they all had PhDs, you know. What I love about pole dancing and where I'm at in my life now is that I've learned, oh, my God, I can't believe it. The moment that I was totally honest, authentic, and real and owned who I am, where I come from, what I love and what I value was the moment that I became more successful on every level mm-hmm. in my life. And so, I love pole dancing because I've learned that that I can be exactly who I want to be. And guess what? People are still going to love me.
0: Yeah, you find your audience when you're authentic. That's for sure. Yeah. And um, a couple weeks ago on the podcast, we spoke with Brian Wolf, who had a great thing to say about cross training as a pole dancer, and that you need to be well versed and take classes in all different areas to make you well rounded as a pole dancer. And I think in this instance, uh, a class like yours would be really good to have in one's tool belt um, for pole dance. But also for life, because as you said, this is reflected also in your career now where because you have this, um, because of this sensual movement, because you've kind of uh, found that side of yourself and that comfort with yourself, you've seen it um, impact your life in other ways and not just from Absolutely. the pole. Absolutely. So. And, and, and as a side note, Brian
1: Wolfe is a genius, yeah. <laughs> I endorse him one hundred and ten
0: percent, and he shreds
1: it on stage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets it. He gets the oh yeah that that pool is made up of so many different elements and so many different mindsets and emotions and and he knows how to perform.
1: Yes, yes, he needs to be on stage with Rihanna
0: yeah that would yeah. yes he would love that <laughs> we're all we're they all would. praying for him <laughs> yes um and so speaking on stage you you do performances you perform with Alethea austin another past guest um in her live dancing girls show and yeah. i've seen you in music videos yeah so what is your thought on performing do you like to perform is that something you're seeking out or oh yeah you love it okay Yeah, I I have done Live
1: Dancing Girls three times, and then I did Ink and Iron with Alathia and Brynn Root and Sarah Jade and Jamila DeVille and uh, uh, Rochelle Ribera. I mean, just a lot of really, Carol Helms, Um, uh, that was a really star-studded cast. That was a huge honor. When I got that gig and I I was on that gig with people like Jamila DeVille and Alathia and Carol and Sarah, it's like fuck, man, you know, (laughs) I made it, right? Um, Performing is next to writing, beside writing, as my second great, great passion in life. Um, I live for that shit. I love to make art. So what I love about performing, uh, for example, I'm about to be in Miss Pole Dance America.
0: Yes. yes. Congratulations Uh, for that nomination. That's such an honor. Tell me about it. (laughs) Huge honor.
1: um, Really amazing thing. One of the best things that's ever happened to me, actually. Extremely validating. What I love about performing is I love the creative process of prepping a piece. Like, I'm a writer. And so for me, the the choreography, it, that's just writing, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm putting together a rough draft. I'm revising. I am cutting. Let me tell you, the cutting that occurs. I mean, for any routine, there's like really like four routines that have been written and just been fucking thrown in the garbage, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, but that is so fulfilling and enjoyable and brings so much joy to me is choreographing and putting together pieces, uh, putting together movements that are sending a message. That's really important to me. I, I give zero fucks about trending tricks, never have mad respect to y'all yes. flipping upside down and, and shit, mad respect. But um, for me, my passion lies in making art and putting out a message, so I love to get on stage and just see if I can make these people feel some shit.
0: Mm-hmm. And and Miss Pole Dance America is the perfect opportunity for that because, as we know from speaking with her, the stage is going to be allowing for all different types of rigging, all different kinds of setups for storytelling. So, which is not an opportunity you have all no. the time. So, Correct. Um, do you, can you give us a little hint about anything or are we just going to have to wait to, to see, to see the show?
1: Let me think, and let me think. I can definitely give you a hint. Let me think of a good one.
0: <laughs> Cause I'm of, of all the, I'm very excited to see all the performances, but I'm so excited to see yours. Cause I have a feeling you're going to be bringing something different to the table. Let me tell you this. I will, I'll give you this
1: hint. Okay this performance what you're expecting of me that's exactly what you're going to get <laughs> yeah yeah i'm it, it is it is really important to me this stage and this performance is a huge opportunity to me um outside of one um s- very small studio competition I did like four years ago. I've never been in a competition. I've yeah. never done like SPCA or ADA or May to Bay to May. I've never done any of that.
0: No acronyms.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I've certainly okay. trained people to be in them, but I've never done them. This is my first competition ever. Wow. And yeah. And so, you know, I mean, Hey, I ain't gonna lie. Like I wouldn't turn away a fucking trophy, bro. But for me, this is my opportunity to get my message across. So it is really important to me that what I put on that stage at MPDA is 100% consistent with my message, what I stand for and what I believe in. So it is not just going to be a dance show. Like I've got something to say. And um what you're expecting, yeah, that. That's it.
0: I respect that a ton. When you I think when people go in with the idea of just wanting to win it kind of strips some of the authenticity and some of the creativity from pieces um i respect people so much who enter competitions in order for an opportunity to do a performance that suits them and that sends that shows their their creativity to the world and if the judges don't agree well you can always just stand by that it's something that you're proud of and and came from you so Indeed, you um,
1: on yeah. Indeed, and and do do allow me to give props. Um, first of all, you know to Alethia and Keith, her husband. Yes. Um, this this show, this competition is the only one of its kind. It's the only place that gives this kind of platform and, and production level to really go ham on some shit. You know, so props to the two of them. And also, props to my fellow competitors, which isn't even a fair word because most of these people are my homegirls, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's fair to say that at least the ones that I know well, which are quite a few of them, um, I think they're really coming at it with a, pretty much the same attitude as me. You know, it, I, I think that the backstage of the of this competition is going to be a very friendly place because I love these women and um, I just can't believe I'm going to be on the same stage as these people.
0: That's you deserve to be. And yeah, that's such a good thing to know that, you know, that is the sign of a true professional really is someone that, you know, can can respect and be kind to their fellow competitors and to see it for what it is and to not take that to the level of, you know, of uh, what you would um, associate with, you know, competitive, um, you know what I mean, like not being catty, not, you know, I, I could see that that speaks really highly of the pool community itself. And I'm so happy that you're part of that elite group.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. It's a great group of women.
0: Yeah. And so um that I'm sure is keeping you busy. Um, yeah. but we which you you spoke about before which I'd like to to delve into. You also you have a real creative business mind I've noticed having been following you for the past few years and you have some really interesting things coming up. Yeah, um, man. One being a podcast which you mentioned before and the other being the stripcast or er, spellbook, right?
1: The strip craft spell
0: book, yeah. So, can you tell us about some of these things that these are, um, <coughs> some digital media that you're yep. working on? So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love digital media. Mm-hmm. Um, I've
1: been an internet kid since, uh, since the internet was like, <whistles> <laughs> remember ICQ, remember mm, yes. Live Journal, yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like like the Internet has been my home forever, and I think that I function well in that environment. I think that kind of um, that truth bears out um, because I think I've built my whole career on social media. Uh, I don't think that. I know that. Um, so, yeah, let's talk really quick about the spell book. So, luxatlpole.com backslash spell book go there and you can see some details about what this is about. So here's the deal and here's what I'm doing. Um, I am combining my expertise as a university instructor, as a feminist scholar, and as a lifelong stripper to put together um, basically the holy book of all things strip craft. Um, what this is going to look like is Somewhat like a college course, right? Except you're going to be bouncing your ass instead of writing papers. <laughs> Although I might ask you to write a couple essays. Okay, on the reel. Okay. Yeah, okay. But they're good for you. Yes, agree with that. Yes. So um, what you're going to get um, are chapters that are organized into incantations. And, and the incantations are my lessons, all right? and spells, and the spells are the challenges, and those are the things that you are going to do to get yourself to where you need to be. So the spell book is a program like stripcraft that uses sensual dance as this vehicle to open yourself up to tapping, to understanding, to cultivating and owning your ultimate badassery, whatever that looks like. Because most of us Um, We spend a whole lot of time and we devote a lot of energy to our jobs and and our children and and our partner. Um, But we straight up don't devote shit to ourselves. I mean, yeah, we might take a gym class. We might take a pole class. But do you sit down ever for an hour and think, where is my life going? And what does my best life look like? Because most people don't. And I certainly didn't until a few years ago. And so, what the spell book is about is about leading you on a journey um, through taking a hard look at yourself and, and asking yourself, you know, who am I? Where is my genius for real? Discovering and cultivating that and using that to go and create an author for yourself your best life because if you have a nagging suspicion that you have some seed of brilliance or genius inside that is being stifled by dumb shit like real life and fear, if you have that, if you have that suspicion of genius, I'm here to tell you you're probably right. And so the spell book is a book of lessons that will help you get to a place where you can actively author this, your one life. Because I tell you what, if you're sitting around waiting for your best life to happen, don't hold your breath. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen to you. You must make it happen for yourself. And so the spell book is, is a, a written book that, that has a downloadable PDF. But with every chapter, which there are eight to go with the phases of the moon, the whole shebang is organized under the metaphor of feminine black magic as well. Because once again, I like um, sacrilege. I like uh, um, subversiveness. So that's why we have this witchy metaphor I love it. Yes. Yes. So, the witchy metaphor is all about subversiveness and, and bucking the status quo. And so, you know what? We have a written aspect that will be a downloadable PDF. But with each chapter, there will be um, video challenges. There will be spells, which are thought challenges. There will be spells that are um, movement challenges for you guys as well. So, it is at once like a philosophy class in how to be the most badass bitch that you can be with like history and and personal stories in there. I mean, I'm bringing in my research paired with um a real deal fundamental stripper style movement school.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, I'm definitely. Well, I've already signed up um, for the pre videos, but so people can wrap their head around it. This isn't like a book that you're going to be ma- mailing to us. No. This is a online portal. Online. Yeah, there'll be like a portal where there'll be videos, and then um, that's correct. Okay.
1: And There's yeah. a, there'll be a portal where there'll be a PDF, and it you know PDF you can download, but it'll also be readable on the internet HTML if you choose. Okay. Um, And there will be videos for each chapter as well. So you can print this off and have, like, the written part, you know, on the beach with you if you want. But this thing lives online. And just so the folks out there know, um, you know, I've written a dissertation before, and that's that's the book that you have to write to get a Ph.D. Mm -hmm. And I just want folks to know that I am putting... Um, an equal, at least equal amount of labor and thought and time into creating this as I did the book that I wrote to get a PhD like this. um, I'm pouring like all the fucking strip craft knowledge that I have and distilling 12 years of feminist scholarship into some normal people talk That um, will will hit home and resonate with people. Now, so yes, this lives online. Now, if you want to buy a book for me at Barnes & Noble, give me like two years, okay? And then I'll have a memoir out. But that's that's the next project. That's the next project.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm excited for that um, as well. But I'm also excited for what you have to offer now. And so for those who are interested, you can sign up online. And can you tell us a little about the video series that you're doing leading up to its launch? Because um, I signed up and I've received a some information that over the next few weeks I'm going to be receiving some videos from you. So this yeah. is kind of like your this is your book promo, your pre-launch promo, which is cool because it's just all this bonus material. Oh, totally. Which is cool, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love making videos and writing. So I mean. Um, I told myself yesterday that I was going to take the day off and I did, but I ended up like doing work. But the funny thing was, was it was what I wanted to do. And I think like, it's in this wonderful that, that I enjoy this and it's actually my job.
0: Yeah. You used your magic. Right. To... Absolutely. Yeah. That's what, yeah, totally.
1: Um, so the teaser series is called the tools of engagement. And, um, those three tools that I'm going to be teaching people about, Are the gaze, touch, and your smile. Cool. And so each lesson has a written text where I'm gonna talk about, you know, what this means, like, you know, the gaze, what it means literally and metaphorically. Um, have you gotten the email for the gaze? That's a good one. No. Yeah, that one, that one definitely goes into some into some larger social implications of like the power of the gaze. Very
0: cool. Um
1: And then, you know, you have a little video where basically um, uh, you're going to be staring at the camera and you're going to be giving me face and shit. And don't worry because I do a demo. Like I just give (laughs) to the lens. So every week, um, folks who sign up for the opt-in get a written lesson and a video. The videos are about seven, eight minutes long. So it's like a little mini class.
0: That's rad. Yeah, so you can get a little taste of what you're going to get when you sign oh, up for the yeah. larger program. Yeah. Yeah, that's so great because so many times we get preoccupied, getting to the studio, working on our skills, you know, uh, working within a, uh, a larger group environment. So I really like this idea of bringing it back to you again, how you like to create in solitude, but kind of like creating this other persona and um, side of yourself in solitude from this program. So, um. you know, that's funny that you say that because
1: now that you are articulating that whole solitude aspect Mm -hmm. and I'm reflecting on the things that I've been writing in the spell book, dude, it's so much of it is about being alone. Yeah. Like like, throughout the book, I keep saying like, now I need you to go sit on your bed by yourself. (laughs) Yeah. So it, it really is a, this is a inward introspective Journey um, that that is very much done in solitude,
0: and will be reflected out out
1: in the outside. Oh yeah, yeah totally. It's work that you do within that's going to change the way you move through the life and the world outside.
0: Great. So I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes so um, everyone can go check that out. And again really excited that you this is such a creative thing that I don't think I've seen in the that anyone just created in the community for so um good for you and another creative thing that you're working on is a podcast so can you tell us about what the it's very cleverly named strip cast <laughs>
1: Trying to stay on brand with some shit,
0: you know. Yes, and by the time this launches, <laughs> this this if you're hearing this, the the podcast will have been launched. So, yeah, right. So it's launching April 25th, mm-hmm. uh,
1: Monday. Um, I'm so stoked. Um, I um, the the podcast is called Stripcast: True Stories from a Stripper with a PhD. And what it is is just that. These are my true stories. So um, let me give you a couple examples of of some of the topics. The the first episode is entitled My Last Night Ever Stripping. And it's me telling the story of that. And the second episode is My First Night Ever Stripping. (laughs) Yeah, Um, we've got some other episodes. I've got seven that are done, that are ready to rock. They they will be coming out weekly. The first few, we're going to pound out maybe like two or three in the first week. And then from then on, it's going to be a weekly podcast. Um, Each podcast is about 20 minutes long. Um, A few other episode titles include a 10 Foot Ejaculating Dick. That's a tale of horror. It's actually, it, it'll actually surprise you when you hear it. Um, strip club love stories. Um, I fell in love with a stripper um, when I came back for the last time. So these are some of the episodes and, and what goes on in these episodes is just me. I'm not interviewing anybody I'm not speaking theoretically. I'm not analyzing culture. I am just telling you, like, I'm sitting down with you at my house, drinking a glass of wine. I'm telling you about the shit that went down. Um, some of it is hilarious, I, th- I think. I don't know. And um, some of it um, is not funny at all. Um, I'm definitely... I am I'm living the strip craft principle of being vulnerable here, sister. I'll tell you that. Um, it scares me a little bit to put it out there because I am just burying my fucking soul in this shit. I love to write creative nonfiction. I always have. It's a great passion of mine. So to be back in that space feels great. I've also always loved to be an oral storyteller. And so being in that medium feels fucking awesome. I hired experts who know how to produce this shit. So it ain't no crackerjack operation either. Um, so, you know, the, the podcast is something I've invested in on a number of levels. And um, I think people are ready for it, though. And I think that they're going to like it. And I sure hope they can understand me through this accent because I ain't changing a thing.
0: <laughs> I've understood you completely. So okay. So no worries there. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it it perfectly complements the Lux ATL. Uh, I hate to use the word brand, but, you know, yes. I think people understand when you use the word brand, it's not in a dirty, nasty way sure. where you're, yeah. you're trying to sell Someone something at this point, I mean it in a way of like, you're very much your career is your persona. And I love how all the different ways that you are putting yourself out there and letting us kind of come into your world. So Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. And I would like to credit my business coach, Rachel Rogers.
0: Rachel Rogers. Rachel
1: Rogers. If you got some money to spend, give it to this woman. She'll change your fucking life. I'm telling you. Um, That was one of the best things that I did for myself. I'm a big advocate in investing in yourself. And I'd saved some money. And that's what I did. And because of her, I'm telling you, I had these ideas. She didn't make this shit up. But she's the one who really showed me the way to actually make shit happen, because I'll tell you what, intentions are lovely, but they do shit. (laughs) Intentions don't do shit. You know, only action, only action makes things happen. So yeah, I've been really productive. I've been really productive this year because I've had somebody, um, an expert who knows how to build a business, in my corner with fucking deadlines uh-huh. and cheering me on. So
0: Yeah, I think know. we all know there's nothing more like a flame under your ass than being held accountable under a deadline. True. So true that, true
1: that. So I've had a lot of success yeah. and I feel happy and I'm proud of myself, but I absolutely have not done this on my own mm-hmm. at all.
0: Yeah. And that's um thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people may not realize that that it's you know, it takes it takes don't ever feel bad if you it takes you a long time to accomplish something or if you do don't feel helpless like bring someone on you know whether that means bringing on if you need to take a private class for some reason if that you know this is poll, if you need to take a private if you need to sign up for some digital courses if you you know no one can achieve great things on their own so yeah
1: you're right about that
0: (laughs) okay so we are now coming into the second portion of the interview. Um, the, the standard questions we ask everyone. So question number one, who is Lux ATL's pole crush?
1: Oh, fuck. My pole crush is Michelle Minx. Oh,
0: yeah. Um,
1: yes. And not only is Michelle Minx my pole crush, she is one of my best friends in the world. I love her so much. And I, you know what? I think she likes me, too. <laughs>
0: Oh, mutual pole crushes. I'm I'm gonna assume. I'm sure she would say the same about you. I think she would. That's a good one to have. Um, I like her too. She's not like a huge name that a lot of people know, I don't think, but um, authentic. She's absolutely a pioneer of this industry, though. Yeah, I know, right? She's absolutely um, a pioneer. Yes, you know, so she's you're the first one to bring her up, and um, it's overdue, so yeah. Yes. Um, that's a good one. And so how would you like to see the poll community evolve over the next five years? <sighs> wow. That's a hard
1: question. <laughs> I know what I want to do with the next five years. Um, I would like to see the poll community I feel like what I'm going to say might sound like uh, controversial, but I'm just going to just tell you my honest opinion.
0: I don't think that stopped you uh, the past okay.
1: Um I would like to see the push for legitimization through making this a sport, um, kind of chill out. Um, I would like to see the dancing and the um, sexiness and the, 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 the engagement with, with the feminine sensuality um, that is at the root of this industry. I would like to see that continue. I feel that that is feeding so many souls. I feel that if we are being realistic about our demographic, about a large part of our demographic, these people, even if they're capable of doing twisted grip handsprings, probably shouldn't be doing twisted grip handsprings. (laughs) And and, and what they really need, and what they really need is to have their soul fed in a way that they can feel like they're a fucking badass. And what I want to see in the pole industry is the continued service of women in the interest of making them feel like a fucking badass. Now, that being said, to the pole ninjas... Of whom many are good friends of mine. Mm -hmm. Mad respect. And if that's feeding your soul. Feed that shit. But for me. I understand that that level of pull. Is quite exclusive to certain bodies. To certain ages. To certain aptitudes. And to certain gifts. Such as a life of gymnastics. It's a smaller. Margin. And for those people who might be 52 or who might be 252 pounds, um, I would hate to see them walk away from pole because they look at that and think that that is something that I cannot ever achieve. Um, So my greatest wish for the pole community is for at all costs for it to always have a great space for women regardless of where they're at to tap that person inside that they're not supposed to be and to feel like a fucking badass. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm about.
0: Yeah. That goes back to your message from Shipcraft. So, you know, I don't think you offended anyone with that. Um, I think that that's a really legitimate Argument. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. So, and you're obviously not dismissing. I have a theory, um, having just done this podcast for a shorter time, is I have and hearing um that come up more than on one occasion that there is a possibility that it may just have to split between pole dance and pole sport. Yeah. And it's an option. And I don't think it's a bad option. If, I agree with you. You know? So. Yeah. Just food for thought right there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and you know what? I thought that, too. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, do you, okay, so do you have anything coming up that you want to share with our audience? I feel like we peppered that throughout, Um, but can you repeat your website so people can go sign up for um, the Stripcraft spell book? Yeah, com backslash
1: spell book.
0: Great. And then on social media, just search Lux ATL. Lux ATL on Facebook. Look, it's going to tell you that you
1: can't friend me, okay? I'm sorry, but I, I they don't fucking let you have more than 5,000 friends. But you can, can follow, follow me. Yeah. You can follow me in like 95% of what I post is public. So it'll be just like being friends. And on IG, it's Lux underscore ATL.
0: Gotcha. Um, and look for you in Miss pole dance america that's oh yeah
1: yeah yeah (laughs) game is pole dance america i'm ready to shred it i'm ready to bring it
0: yes great and so on that note can you leave us with an empowering message or quote or anecdote or anything just to sign off from the podcast Okay,
1: so I was just writing today, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm working on the spell book, and, and I was thinking about the, the concept of respecting yourself, respect yourself, self-respect. And so this, this is my note on self-respect. Okay. Look, sis, you've got to get on a whole nother level when it comes to what you're worth. You've got to readjust the mirror in which you view yourself. I can almost guarantee You're undervaluing yourself in your mind, in your heart, and out there in the world. And I can almost guarantee that you're undervaluing yourself because most of us are, especially women. We've been told that traditionally female traits and skills are not valuable, feature the paycheck of a teacher, nurse, or caregiver to see how that cultural phenomenon plays out financially. And we've also been taught That a downward glancing modesty is attractive on girls. Stay humble. Don't you dare think too much of yourself. And so we set the price too low. Too low on everything. We give our hearts away for mere promises whispered in the dark. We give our labor away at the altar of being helpful. We give our dignity away at the altar of being nice. We give our skills away for pennies when our expertise demands gold, always quietly setting the price too low, too fucking low. Stop that shit right now. You deserve fair compensation on every level. That is how you respect yourself.
0: Amen. And that's what I have to say about that. Wow. Yeah, I feel like this whole interview, I just like feel like i just been baptized in the the Church of Lux. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Whatever the pagan equivalent would be. <laughs> yeah. Rock on. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and for being on the podcast. Yeah, girl, it's my pleasure. I certainly appreciate you having me. Of course. Anytime. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poloholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.